Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Stevie Wonder and Higher Ground. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. Every Saturday morning from 9 till 10, the place, of course, that you will know serves up the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. My business shaper today is Johnny Percy. He's the chief executive of the Met Film Group. Not just a school, not just a production company, but a post-production company too. Lots coming up from him very shortly. In addition to hearing from Johnny, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, a sumptuous mix of music from the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, including Nina Simone, Herbie Hancock and this from Curtis Mayfield. It's Superfly here on Jazz FM. That was Superfly from Curtis Mayfield, from the film, of course, of the same name. You're listening to Jazz Shapers. And my business shaper today, as I build earlier on this filmic edition, is Johnny Percy. He's the chief executive of the Met Film Group. And as I said, also, it's a school, it's a production company, and it's also a post-production company. All these things in one thing. It sounds like a, a super cat food or something. Thank you very much for joining me, Johnny. Help me understand, and everyone listening understand, what is the Met Film Company really about? Met Film School is about training professionals for the film industry, people who will go on to be producers, directors, writers, cinematographers, editors and so on across the UK, TV, film and corporate industries and indeed across the rest of the world. But we don't think that you can learn to make films without being in a professional filmmaking environment. So we based ourselves in needing studios, which is the, the sort of the heart and birthplace of British cinema and continues to be uh, of, uh, an important hub. Um, we have all professional industry trainers training our filmmakers. We have, um, and we're a production company and a post-production facility as well. So we we integrate educa- education and industry so that the people who come through our our doors really get the best out of that experience. Now that's an interesting combination isn't it? Education and the world of commercial film production and it sounds like an eminently sensible idea but why are you the only company doing this? Are you the only people with that view that education is connected directly to uh, actually the the practitioners in the business? We're not the only company and we're not the only school that does a number of these things. I think we do more than anybody else in the world. There are people who are copying us but what we do that nobody else does is, you know, you, you, if you think about it, the, you know, one aspect, well, a core aspect to um, vocational education is a learning cycle which starts with doing. You do, you reflect on what you've done. In our case, you reflect by editing the work that you've just done. And then you 
ask the question, what did I know, what didn't I know, what would I know, need to know in order to do it better? And then we give the students access to the further resources and skills and information to do it better and better and better, and then they do it again and again, and that vocation, that learning cycle gets bigger and bigger during, during the course of the programme. What we do that nobody else does is that we do that with A, professional tutors are supporting them, B, in a professional environment, C, um, from the word go, we give them the resources, the, the space, the people, um, the technology to really go for it. Um, to the extent that that learning cycle getting bigger and bigger and bigger as you go culminates in making a feature film, in making multi-camera um, productions, in making um, small screen uh, TV and internet series um, that the students really own, push and take forward. And then the experience doesn't finish at the school, it goes on afterwards. So we have a team called MetGo, which is all about supporting the students in their first steps within the industry. How very clever. Well, quite appropriately, our first or second, in fact, our third beautiful piece of music today, now I'm thinking about the whole, the whole programme, um, is from one of your films, from Wondrous Oblivion. It's from uh, the artist Lord Kitchener, and the track is London is the place for me. London is the place for me. London, this lovely city. You can go to France or America, India, Asia or Australia. That was London is the place for me from Lord Kitchener, as I said, old Calypso track from the soundtrack to one of Johnny Purse's biggest films called Wondrous Oblivion. Now, you talked before about this virtuous circle of education, of the practice of making a film, of then that thing that you, you described with Met Go. That's a really great model. Your own background, if I understand it, has kind of led you to this because, you know, you, you come, one comes to a new role and becoming a shareholder in business. Lots of things have happened along the way. Why do you think what you have done has enabled you to now have this lovely view of the world where education and making money are a part of the same thing? What are the specific things do you think in your own past that, are, that enable you to do your job so well? I started off when I left school as a youth worker um, and out of that I ended up finding I found myself in a sort of circuitous series of events in Zimbabwe where I made my first feature film and it was it was as I thought at the time a bridge between my background in education and my future in health but as it turned out I I fell in love with the film industry and stayed there but as evidence from that story I came at it from a perspective of education I came at it from a perspective of supporting and helping people nurturing people through I think film producing is very much about creating a space for a creative um, environment for a director and a team to, to express to do something and then protecting that space and when I was a youth worker it was exactly the same you were creating a space for young people to express themselves and and as running a film school running a production company the whole thing brings, brings comes together in the same way Making a film is like running a business. It's sort of less uh, stressful on one level because you're because it's a short project, though there's clearly massive stresses in, in that in itself. Um, but but it's but the energy and the the experience that you have to bring into running that kind of enterprise sort of is very similar. And one of the things that's interesting is that when you're when we are training, one of the key things about training 
um, creative people to get into a career like film is they have to really understand the, the the business side of it. They have to understand, they have to know that it's not just about creating a story for yourself. You have to imagine the audience from the word go. You have to understand how the business works. You have to bring in all the different elements so that you can make, in an efficient way, something that the market really wants. Fantastic. You'll be hearing lots more from Johnny Purse, my business shaper, CEO of the Met Film Group. Latest travel in a couple of minutes. But before that, as usual, some words of fantastic and deep and insightful wisdom from our programme partners at the law firm Mishkon Dere. Hi, I'm Joanna Blackburn and I'm head of the employment department at Mishkon Dere. A lot of employers ask me these days about how they manage social media, particularly in the context of protecting confidential information. The problems with social media can be wide and deep because social media now pretty much invades every aspect of people's lives from posting on Facebook, tweeting and using programs such as LinkedIn. Quite often you will find that your employees build up their entire client database on LinkedIn. How do you deal with it when they leave? Well, this is a problem that confronts a lot of clients and needs to be thought about well in advance of the the employee actually departing. You may need to think about changing your contracts of employment to make it clear that LinkedIn data belongs to you. You certainly should have a social media policy in place. But most importantly, at the time that an employee is departing, you need to check their LinkedIn account, see whether you think it contains effectively duplicates of your uh, client databases and address it with the employee before they depart. Once the employee is gone, it can prove far more difficult to get the information back. And you also need to be realistic. In these in this digital age, sometimes the rules that used to apply to employees and the way that you used to control your confidential information simply can't operate. There's little point in spending vast amounts of time and resource trying to call back data that the employee can replicate overnight once they've gone. But as with all these things, thinking ahead, it means at least you can consider how you're going to cope with a problem when an employee goes and prepare to protect your business. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning, 9 till 10, here on Jazz FM. If you've missed any of the 100 or so uh, business shapers over the course of the last few years, you can, of course, go to iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers, and you will find them all there. If you'd like to tweet us today, the the Twitter handle is at Jazz FM. Um, and you can say hello, you can ask a question, you can do whatever you like, and we will endeavour to get back to you. Johnny Percy is my business shaper today. He is the CEO of the Met Film Group, and an interesting organisation they are too. Johnny, you were talking earlier about the different facets of the business of making film and how you came to it from your your background and um, with children and nurturing ideas and nurturing children and putting that in the context of a great idea and who you tell the story to and so on just tell me a little bit about how um and you've made many films but how one of those films might come together and where it kind of starts and one that uh, that has caught my eye is the town of runners partly because i'm interested in sport but partly because it's also set in africa and and i and that all sounds interesting how did that one happen Town of Runners was pitched to me about five, six years ago by uh, by a student, Dan Dimitri, during his very first personal tutorial as a student at the school. And he uh, he just pitched this idea about a place that he was familiar with in, in Ethiopia. And I said, that sounds interesting, go and develop it. And he ended up doing an internship um, a number of months later in Met Film Production. 
and he, while stuffing envelopes, pitched this story to my colleague Al. And Al just thought it was a fantastic idea, and they developed it over a period of a number of years, um, and it ended up premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival last year. It's won lots of awards. It's um, been on TV throughout the world. Um, it's the story of a village in Ethiopia called Bikoji. Um, at from Bikoji, there were five gold medalists at the Beijing Olympics, um, and they had a number of gold medalists at the London Olympics as well um, after we made the film. And it's a lovely story, and it's, I'll take the opportunity to sort of link it back into the work we do. What was it that made Bikoji uh, a source of, of such great running talent out of nothing? Um, and when you sort of dig deeper into that, and there's actually been a lot of research done, a number of sort of famous books around the world about talent hotbeds, you know, um, basketball players in the Dominican Republic, chess players in Eastern Europe, um, and you know, runners in Bikoji. And there's three things um, that, I, that, that I'm really drawn to. Number one, um, there was a role model. So somebody, Tunisia Baba, became a gold medalist, and suddenly there was somebody for these people to look up to, and they followed that through. Secondly, there was the environment. The environment in Bikoji, high altitude, lots of shade, no tarmac, great place for running, not a lot of distractions. Um, and finally, um, there was the tutor, um, the coach, in this case, in this case, Coach Centeniahu. And it's not about that inspirational orator. It's about the whisperer, the, the person who can really mould um, behaviour and attitude. And we tried to model that in MetFilm. So we think, you know, the environment, MetFilm in Ealing Studios, it's a great place to, to be, to make films. There were role models. We've had four feature films written, directed and produced by MetFilm graduates um, released in cinemas over the last year. There's a body of role models, even though we're only 10 years old as a school. Um, and our biggest positive piece of feedback that we continually get from our students and graduates is what they get from the tutors. And it's that whisper. It's that, that thing that turns and, and helps you to develop. What a clever way of looking at things and, and very apposite for business today. Uh, time for some more music before we come back to Johnny. This is Mississippi Goddamn from Nina Simone. The name of this tune is Mississippi Goddamn. mean every word of it. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest. And everybody knows about Mississippi. God damn. Alabama's got me so That was Mississippi Goddamn from Nina Simone. Johnny Percy's my business shape today. He's in the film business, but he's also in the education business. And if you heard before, he's also in the whispering business. Lots of things going on, Johnny. Your, bus your business and your own working life are complicated. And you alluded very early on to the stresses of deadlines and the stresses of creativity and the stresses of making money. Of all the things that are thrown at you on a regular basis from fundraising to getting the best out of an individual and so on and so forth, what are the bits that you find the hardest and how do you deal with them? You know, I, I think the, the the thing about making a film and actually the thing about running the business, the thing about having kids is that you put so much of yourself into it. You know, I want the company, the organisation, the institution to to represent the world that I want to live in. I want it to be modelled on on how I think the world should be. 
Um, but we have a campus in Berlin. We have a campus in London. We have 50, 60 staff. We have 70 or 80 freelance tutors in the UK. We have 300 students. Um, I, I can't have a direct relationship with everyone. And that, that whole thing about building um, a community around you that that is that works in the way that you want it to work, that really inspires the students in the way that you want to inspire the students, that makes the films that you want. I'm blessed with an amazing team around me, um, or maybe I should say it the other way around, that I'm around an amazing team. Um, and, and, and that is fantastic. But mm. the stress associated with the anxiety that you put in, with the, the desire to make everything just right, and when things don't go right, the the you know, I, I take it very personally every time. Mm. Final chat come out with Johnny Percy, plus a track from Shaper of Jazz, Herbie Hancock. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was The Naked Camera, written for the soundtrack to the film Blow Up from Herbie Hancock. Johnny Percy is my business shaper, just for a few more minutes. And Johnny, you mentioned something earlier when you were talking about the, the challenge of creating a, a structure of people, an infrastructure of people that really deliver what you want to. And you said, you know, I believe that films should, I want them to reflect the world I want to live in. Are you on a mission? Is there a mission in the middle of what you do beyond making a buck and, and teaching people, or is the teaching people and creating fantastic product the mission? Great question. When I was uh, in my early 20s, I was a, a youth worker um, in a community in, in northwest London, and I was trying to decide whether to leave there and become a doctor or whether to leave there and become a filmmaker or to do various things. And my my then uh, line manager said to me, it doesn't matter what you become. You could be a doctor or a dustman. What, the legacy that you leave is around how you do what you do. Um, am I on a mission? Yes, I'm on a mission. And at the heart of the mission is the the congruence between how I live, how I want to be, and the work that I do. I don't want to mould my children, my students, my cat <laughs> into the into you know, anything like me necessarily, but I want the process and the legacy of all of that work to be authentic and have something in common which is which reflects the way I, I think the world can be. Mm. So that piece of advice has obviously stood you in good stead. What advice do you give to people on a, on a daily basis? Someone comes and sees Johnny, the CEO of Metfilm. What do you say to them? What's the, one, the first thing you normally say to a, a young buck who wants to make it in the film world? Keep your eyes open. I often think that students, uh, where, you know, you're at an age, and actually the whole thing of studentism demands of you to be at the centre of your own world. But students quite often have an arrogance that they know where they want to be. And I tell students to let go of that... Of that, um, that, that belief that, that they can do it all. 
that that belief that they can be the master of their own destiny, that they can know the direction. Because if you do that, if you are so tunnel visioned and you close your eyes, then you don't see the real opportunities that will actually get you to that place that you imagine you'll be. Mm. I talk about with students that, and and writers, directors, producers I work with, um, about the need to always be bouncing a series of balls and to be seeing which ones bounce the highest and just keeping your eyes open to, to you know, life isn't a straight line. And, and I think it's really important to notice that. I couldn't have predicted the career that I've taken, but looking back on it, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And in terms of predicting the future, something you obviously don't do, um, how do you think you'll be shaping not just your own business life but the, the business life of, of the film world? What do you think is next for you? 82% of our graduates at the last count are working within the creative industries, working with moving images. And good number of our graduates are writing, directing, producing films um, which are being seen by large numbers of people we're just hopefully this month closing finance on two new feature films that we'll make over the next year and our plans for the school are to grow it in all sorts of ways around the globe i i hope all of those elements continue to build a an a company and a legacy and a um, and to feed the industry um, in ways that it's already proven to do so. Fantastic. Just before I let you go, what is your song choice and why have you chosen it? So, so one of the films that we didn't make, um, a film about Mike Bloomfield, who was a, a blues guitarist born on the right side of the tracks in Chicago, who fell in love with the black music um, around him and actually he was a very privileged white kid and his... His uh, his nanny um, took him over to the wrong side of the tracks, and he he um, and and his story was remarkable. He died very young. Um, he played with Clapton. He was uh, an incredible um, guitarist, um, and I just fell in love with the sort of intricate sort of finger movements that you could feel in the music. Um, so here's one of my favourite tracks of his. Fantastic. Johnny, thank you very much for being my business shaper today. This is really from Mike Bloomfield and Al Cooper. That was really from Mike Bloomfield and Al Cooper, the song choice of my business shaper today, Johnny Percy, a man who understood how education and the world of filmmaking could be brought together, a man on a mission, someone who thought that film should play an important purpose in life, and a man who focused on how you do things, not just what you do. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's nine o'clock next Saturday morning for another edition of Jazz Shapers. In the meantime, though, do stay with us here on Jazz FM. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.